Trending news right now. Joining us is social commentator Atlerang Mulefe to discuss exactly that, what's happened in the last 27, uh, 72 hours rather, because it's Monday. And uh, thank you for joining us, Atli. Good morning to you. Happy Monday. Morning, Asanda. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm also good. Looking forward to a new week. Let's see. And uh, in fact, let's not just see. Let's make it uh, whatever we wanted to bring for us, that's right? True. That's how we yeah, always started. True. All right, yeah. uh, let's talk first, uh, firstly, hashtag Jacob Zuma. We spoke about this. We predicted this would happen. Mm. Here we are. Uh, he was jailed on 8 July, and he's now been granted medical parole and is expected to be released soon. So what do you say to this one? Um, I mean, we did uh, predict this. We did see some, we, we, like, we just did predict that it was going to happen. Um, so they didn't disclose his medical condition, but they did say that like being in prison has deteriorated his um, his health, and therefore now he's just going back home. But they will just make sure that he's um, he still needs to serve within the he's still going to be in a, in his house serving his sentence. But I also do think that if he's out on medical parole, then he's definitely out, like for real, like nothing is going to happen about it. Because that's usually what they do. The legal team being reluctant to allow the NPA, the National Prosecuting Authority, to conduct a medical assessment on the former president in terms of his condition. What do you make of this reluctance? I mean, we understand, obviously, this doctor-patient confidentiality. But I think in this case, it would be quite a unique one. So what, what, what are your thoughts in terms of the legal team not being allowed to conduct their own medical assessment? Um, I do think that's because they're trying to uh, protect him. They don't want it to be known that they're actually lying about the whole thing. Um, so I do think that it's a special case in the sense that even the doctor-patient confidentiality can to some extent be you know, comp- undermined because now this is a big case and this is someone with a lot of charges and someone who was in position of power. So I do think that in terms of not allowing it to happen, it's just a way of protecting him and also protecting society from the truth and not wanting us to actually know that he is guilty of all all of those charges and that he deserves to be in prison. So I just think that it's just an easy, you know, cop-out just to protect him. So he's supposed to also just now comply with specific uh, set of condi- uh, conditions. What are the chances that these will be supervised and you know, that the, the, the follow-through will be something that's supervised? Zero. I, I, I really don't see it happening. I don't see anyone supervising those conditions and making sure that he does abide by those conditions. Um, I also do think that it was really strategic for them to, you know, file for a medical parole just as a way to, you know, easily cop out of the situation. So I really don't see a world where... Um, he can comply with those conditions because even the conditions themselves, they are not as clear. It's literally just like someone being at home but still serving their sentence. But also an old man like him, um, for me, I think, like, what what exactly are the conditions? What is it that he's going to do to make sure that we can quantify um, his uh, punishment to all of those charges that um, he has in place? All right. Uh, I don't know what you make in terms of where this will take things in South Africa, in terms of how we hold our leaders accountable. What do you think? 
Um, I think even now that they're talking about it, that it's quite unconstitutional and unlawful for them to be doing that. And even um, opposition parties are complaining about it. And I think even members of society are complaining. Um, I think it's an ongoing conversation about how justice is often twisted for one's liking. So it means if you have power, if you have the financial capacity, if you hold, um, you know, if you have a certain if you have like a certain image in society, then it means that you are likely going to be protected um, as opposed to any other ordinary member of society. So I think that everyone is quite unhappy about it because um, we really did see it coming. So now that it's happening, it's actually one of those things um, that shows the failures of the justice system, um, but also more than anything that like in terms of accountability, it really doesn't exist when um, someone assumes a, a certain position in society. Okay, let's move on. Uh, talking hashtag Paralympics now. Uh, South Africa's Ndando Matlangu. Let's start with him claiming his second gold medal. Wonderful news. That's true. He's just been killing the game. And I, also when I heard about the fact that he's only 19, but mm. he's just doing the most at the Paralympics, I think he's definitely just trying to be a role model and trying to set an example that, uh, you know, nothing is impossible, basically. So I think it's very inspirational to see him also just setting the world record. And this is someone who's going above and beyond, to be honest. And this was for the 200 meters, the the gold medal. But we know he's also a record holder. Yeah, definitely. So he's just been winning and he's just been doing the most. He's also won the long jump, right? Um, yes, and I was actually quite surprised how someone can be so, you know, multifaceted, mm. like doing all the different kinds of sports and, you know, being so good at everything. So it's actually very, very interesting to to see it happen. All right, another uh, person to be proud of, Luzanne Kutsia, who also brought uh, a bronze medal for us. Um, definitely. I, I see that at the Paralympics, we're actually doing the most because when... Um, when I was, I think the last time I saw it, we were sitting on seven uh, medals. I think we had three or four um, gold. So mm. it was. It's really just interesting to watch how much the people are actually putting in the work, and um, the fact that they're going above and beyond, and they're just making the country proud. People are setting like world records. People are just doing the absolute most. I was so moved, and actually it was such a powerful thing for me to see because I had never seen a, a blind race. It was the women's 200 meters, and how they were moving with their partners. Obviously, they you know they tied with their partners in their hand, mm. but they moved like it's literally one person moving. Like, That's I was so you know fascinated by that and, and very impressed. What's been your highlights uh, from the Paralympics? What has stood out um, for you? I think what has uh, stood out for me is just seeing how... Um, nothing is really impossible, and even the fact that uh, people are not, you know, given the same treatment, people are not given, you know, the same spotlight, and the fact that um, even though people are not necessarily, when they think that they're not good enough, I think what they've um, been, what I've been seeing at the Paralympics is the fact that nothing is really impossible, and that if you put your mind to it, and if you believe that you are a champion, chances are you're definitely going to win. Because every time when you watch it, you'd be thinking that just because the person is not the same as you, then it means that there's so many things that they can't do. But I do think that they just definitely um, redefining how we conceptualize everything and the fact that 
um, they're the same, or literally the same, and even though that they have specific disabilities, but they can still go above and beyond, and they still also have their own goals that they've set for themselves, and that they're still human beings, and that Mm. they don't want to be treated like, or ostracized, or treated like they're different from everyone. And it's good that it has its own spotlight, you know, it's not, uh, the Paralympics, Paralympics are not held in parallel to the actual Olympics. They've got their own time and attention. That That's quite important. Yeah. I think so, too. I think that's something that's really worth celebrating because I also do, do think that in terms of also, you know, represent representation, I think it's just happening at a good time and they're also just setting the standards so high um, for mm. the people that are coming after them because this year they're just on, I don't know, like they're really, really good. All right, uh, let's talk the hashtag IEC now, part of our poll question. The court uh, being ordered, or the court ordered, the Constitutional Court ordering uh, or dismissing, rather, the postponement of elections. And the order is that within three calendar days, the IEC needs to determine whether it is practically possible to hold a voter registration weekend. Do you think it's going to be possible for us to have time to get what we need done, done? Um, I think we spoke about it before when it was still tabled. Um, mm. So I do think that it's it's quite impossible. Um, and and even though they just wanted to make it constitutional because you know democratic country they have certain principles and we need to have the elections as soon as possible. But I do think that we are actually you know forcing the situation at the moment. And because there's just a lot happening at the moment, we can't really you know, give the elections the full attention that it deserves. And even when they're saying that with regards to the it happening on the 27th of October, I still do think that we are just rushing the process. And if we want the process to be free and fair, then I don't think that rushing it is the best way to go about doing it. How do you think the ANC will fare then in this case? They failed to register their councillor candidates with the IC in uh, low less than 93 municipalities? Um, I think when when they were talking about how they didn't, they haven't done it, but they will do it, um, I do think that now it, it's just definitely going to affect them. And more so now people will start talking about, you know, the credibility, the fact that the ruling party is not in, what's the conversation, is it okay, was it planned, is it justified? So I think there's just a lot of questions at the moment. So... Um, everyone is just waiting to see what is really going to happen and whether they can still be allowed to register those people. So it's, it, it really is just a mess. And um, I, I honestly now I'm starting to you know, doubt the credibility of it even before it happens. And then, of course, there's COVID-19 that we are in the middle of. Do you think that in terms of regulations and protocols, there would be effective monitoring that these are adhered to on all stations? Do we have capacity? Um, I do. Th- I think at, for anything really, um, the capacity is there, but it's just a matter of making sure that those people, you know, do the things that they need to do um, in terms of, you know, regulations, administering the whole process, um, and and just making sure that you know people are hired to make sure that the process is smooth. But we know that what is going to happen is they're definitely going to release maybe a tender for it, and then the next thing we don't have funds anymore for it. So, but I also think that with the vaccine rollout taking place at the moment, there's just a lot that's happening that people are dealing with. So um, I, I think that in terms of the elections themselves, um, we could have maybe pushed them like maybe to next year or like 
you know, because now it's literally just like forcing the situation and expecting people to cooperate in um, the system that isn't even open to them. Yeah. Okay, let's talk hashtag Kebi Mapadzwe. Kwede Mantash is speaking at this MK Veterans funeral. So the ANC National Chairperson, Kwede Mantash, was giving a eulogy at uh, the MK Veterans funeral. But then he was abruptly disrupted by a group who stormed uh, the venue. They were singing and they were carrying guns. Do we know who they are? Um, I have no idea because I was also just as surprised about the whole thing that happened there. But in my mind, I was also just thinking because he's a veteran, um, there are certain things that are allowed and certain things that are bound to happen. Um, But I really was. So I think even if he is a veteran at the same time, um, I mean, he deserves like a a send off that's of, you know, usually the ones that they do. Um, but at the same time, I was I was just as confused about in terms of what was going on at that moment. All right. Um, I guess, well, he continued then after a while and Ukwe uh, Mantashe basically just condemning their behavior as well. Yeah. There, um, uh, Of course, we can't take away from KB Mpatswe's or Mapatswe rather's contribution to the struggle and the, you know, the MK in general. What uh, should we be remembering him for, specifically? I think his contribution to um, society, and I think mostly for people like him, um, it really just shows a different level of someone being patriotic. And therefore, I do think that even our actions and how we remember that person needs to you know, match the amount of contributions that they've made. Um, so I, I think that a, a send-off that is of you know, dignity and just respecting the family and also respecting the person themselves, I think that's the only thing that they deserve. Yeah, let's leave it there. Your plans then for the week, what are you looking forward to making sure happens? Uh, I think at the moment I haven't really planned out my week, yeah. but I just hope that um, you know everything just goes well and even the plans that I'm going to set for myself that I don't have to hustle because in spring you just want everything to be easy. You don't want to you know work really hard and also just dealing with the year-end fatigue as well. Um, so it's a bit of a struggle there. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much for joining us. Always great chatting. So much, at <laughs> Please be safe. Thank you. Uh, Atrang a social commentator discussing trending topics. What's happened in the last 72 hours in terms of uh, social media? Koko